Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Good Friday service. Our desire this morning is to be able to abide in the deep truth of Jesus Christ's suffering, sacrifice, and death on the cross. We'll be reading through passages of scripture that recount Jesus' last hours leading to his death and reflecting through song and word on the impact of his sacrifice. The early church remembered it this way, as is written in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 to 8. It says this, He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so this morning, we invite you to be more than an onlooker. There will be times when you can simply sit and listen, and there will be other times when you're invited to sing songs that will be on the screen. Uh, please also gather simple elements like bread and grape juice, as we'll take part in communion together at the end. But even more, we invite you to position your mind and your heart so you're ready to uh, receive from the Lord this morning. The rest of your day will be filled with many other things, but this is a time to enter into the depth of Jesus' sacrifice and death. Please bow with me in prayer as we invite the Holy Spirit to guide us in this time. Come, Holy Spirit. Lead us into the Father's love and mercy as we walk the path of Jesus' suffering and death this morning. Amen. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even knew me. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. 
Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he is speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over to him and said, You are one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore, A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away, weeping bitterly.
And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, The King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha! Look at you. You said you're going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself. Come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men that were crucified with Jesus will have killed him. At noon, darkness came until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. And the curtains and the curtains of the temple ripped in two. Jesus. Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness the sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Good morning and good Friday. This past week, I was particularly really challenged by something that Doug Balzer wrote. He's uh, one of the leaders from our district. And the title caught me off guard. And his article is entitled, I'm Not Convinced the Church Will Do Well. And uh, I didn't know what to think about that. But the context where he's coming from is that for us who live in the West, who have fairly privileged lives, suffering is something that's fairly foreign to us. Um, the extent of our suffering is what we're feeling in our isolation, and, and not to trivialize it at all whatsoever. There's a lot of pain and a lot of loss. Uh, Spencer referred to this last week of lamenting, lamenting the things that we don't have. But Doug Balzer went even further to challenge that unless we have a fully developed theology of suffering, then we might miss out on who Jesus is and who Jesus has called us to be. And so let me read. In a few days, we will celebrate Good Friday. Was Jesus above suffering? 
Did he not learn obedience from what he suffered? Why should we be any different? I fear that this Good Friday will be like too many I have participated in, where it is more of a celebration of resurrection than it is a sitting in and sitting with the suffering Jesus. For God's sake, and this year more than ever, please don't yank Jesus out of the grave until Easter Sunday. We need to allow our people the formative privilege of sitting with the suffering Christ so they learn how Christ can sit with them in their suffering. I'll repeat that again. We need to allow our people the formative privilege of sitting with the suffering Christ so they learn how Christ can sit with them in their suffering. His presence is our ultimate provision, not merely what we want from his hand. And he ends off by this paragraph, we as church leaders would do well to equip our people in the timeless traditions of lament, walking through loss and grief, and seeing suffering not as the primary threat, but as the most brilliant of opportunities to experience the resurrected Christ. In the words of Ruth Haley Barton, for Moses, the presence of God was the promised land. I have another reading here taken from Henry Nowen that reminds me that in our suffering, it helps us to be in solidarity with those who suffer as well. I'll read. After Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is fulfilled. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. One of the soldiers pierced his side with a lance, and immediately there came out blood and water. This is the evidence of one who saw it. True evidence. And he knows that what he says is true. And he gives it so you may believe as well. Because all of this happened to fulfill the words of Scripture, they will look to the one whom they have pierced. Good Friday, day of the cross, day of suffering, day of hope, day of abandonment, day of victory, day of mourning, day of joy, day of endings, day of beginnings. I closed my eyes and could see his sacred body. And through his body, I saw the immense suffering of humanity during the centuries. People killing each other. People dying from starvation and epidemics. People driven from their homes. People sleeping on the streets of large cities. People clinging to each other in desperation. People flagellated, tortured, burned, and mutilated. People locked in their flats, in prison dungeons, in labor camps. People craving a gentle word, a friendly letter, a consoling embrace. People all crying out with an anguished voice, My God, my God, 
why have you forsaken us? With my mind's eye, I saw the large crowds of isolate, agonizing individuals walking away from the cross together, bound by the love they had seen with their own eyes and touched with their own lips. The cross of horror became the cross of hope. The tortured body became the body that gives new life. The gaping wound became the source of forgiveness, healing, and reconciliation. As we move to the Lord's table now, I invite you to gather elements so we can take part together. 
as Christ ate his last meal with his disciples, it was a meal that was made of elements that were as simple in their, or that were simple and essential rather in their culture. Uh, these simple elements that we remember uh, today are the uh, the cup that I'm using with grape juice here and the bread. If you don't have bread and grape juice on hand, uh, that's okay. It's what we would typically use, but I would instead invite you to use elements that would model uh, the same simplicity as that which was in the Last Supper. Uh, as Gary had mentioned in his homily, while communion is a regular time of remembrance and celebration, this moment on Good Friday is particularly centered on the remembrance of Jesus' suffering. And as we take part, we think on these words here written by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Father, we confess our sin. We confess our rebellious hearts. We praise you for your great love and mercy, and we thank you, Jesus, for your suffering and sacrifice on our behalf. Amen. Let's take part together. It'll be a little different with us doing this on our own, but first let's take part in the bread together, and then we can share the cup. I'd like to end with one final poem here. The story has been told, and now we return to the world where we live and wait. The worship is over? No. The worship continues while we watch and wait. Our worship will close after the stone has been removed and the flame of hope has been relit. So we go out to wait. We watch for the hope that defies despair, the life that defies death, the beginning that, defi that defies the end. While we wait, while darkness covers the land of faith, remember that no matter how abandoned we may feel, we are not alone. God has not and will not 
abandon us. Thanks be to God. Amen. See you Easter Sunday.